What's up, everybody, and welcome to a very, very exciting moment in Apex history. Listen, this is the inaugural Apex Legends After Hours post-game ALGS show. My name is Fallout, and I'm so incredibly excited to be kicking off what has been really a month of hard work in the making, right? Myself, Snipedown, Chrono, Bella, so many others in this community have been working really, really hard on finding a way to provide content and really ultimately build the brands and stories of these players of the ALGS, because at the end of the day, what is the NBA without Michael Jordan in the 90s, LeBron James now, the NFL without Patrick Mahomes? We need to do a much better job giving our pro players a chance to show their personalities and ultimately each and every one of you, every fan of the ALGS and of Apex Legends, a chance to interact with your favorite players and streamers. So with that said, without further ado, it is an honor to kick off our inaugural show. This is our pilot episode, so thank you. And bear with us for any technical difficulties. Chrono's doing this for the very first time. But it's an honor to welcome my co-host, Snipe Down, and our first ever invited guest. It's Nocturnal, and it's Imperial Hal. Gentlemen, start, Snipe Down, start with you one by one. How are we feeling? How excited are we about this? Hal is the last person to be excited right now. I can tell it in his face, but Snipe Down, kick us off, man. Yeah, I mean, I'm just excited to kind of have something like this to talk about after the games. I think, you know, competitiveness is, is, is a lot of something that a lot of people have been looking for more of just to get some perspectives of behind the scenes. You know, we do, we do some watch parties. A lot of people talk about this stuff. Um, but I think it's good to get the professional's point of view. You know, they always talk about the winner's point of view, and this just gets a little bit of behind the scenes from people who are doing the watch parties who had a little more insight from a professional point of view. I'm excited to have these two awesome guests be a part of this. this and, and uh, you, uh, know, you know, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just happy, happy to have, to have this, this first run, run so, so let's get, let's into, get into, it. into it. Hal, how you feeling, man? <laughs> Not, Not happy. I respect it. You, uh, you wear your emotions and your passion on your face at all times, and I'm not going to expect the overly hype, fake caster excitement uh, coming from you, man. I, I don't blame you one bit. But that's part of this, man. Look, the, the whole point of this show is to, to give the, the good, the bad, the ugly, the raw, the real uh, of how things go down in, in Apex. So I appreciate you being willing to still come on and be vulnerable and, and hang out with us despite, you know, obviously uh, uh, not up to your standards performance. Nocturnal, you're in cloud nine, dude. You guys are three games in or still in, like, the top six. How are you feeling? I'm on X up. Uh, what I say? Oh, I get it. You have a dad joke. Cloud nine is a metaphor. You're on cloud. I hate you so much. I was like, wait, did I mess that up? How are yes, you feeling, yes. man? You're on top of the world right now. You should be at least, but apparently you're still just going to troll me with dad jokes. Oh, I, oh I'm, I'm just chilling. I'm chilling. having a time, <laughs> time. So, so yeah, yeah, that's really good. Yes. Someone happy. has to clip that because my, the look at my face, I was like, did I just say the wrong org? And I, <laughs> I literally shit myself live on stream for a split second before I realized there was, a, this was an actual joke. Um, yeah, look, Good to have you on your knock knock. Uh, obviously, a lot of discussion right now. Reps decided to, to, to roast you with quite the roast on Twitter right before that broadcast. I had your back, though, brother, as we, uh, you know, a lot of discussion. Who's the best IGL in the world right now? Your team's looking great. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about a lot more. Uh, this is Apex After Hours, everybody. But let's jump into our first topic of the day. And with that, my man Chrono's going to be switching our topic card live. That's how sexy this broadcast is. It is ALGS post-game discussion. Today's ALGS results snipe down hal you both had a chance to compete Noct- nocturnal and i see nice wig is actually on the graphic sorry about that it's a typo we'll get that fixed he is not nice wig nice wig was supposed to be on the show and had to had to back out last minute but with that said uh obviously snipe down and hal you guys had a chance to compete today nocturnal was watch partying uh snipe start with you man break down for, at least from your perspective specifically first and then we'll broaden the topics i'd love to hear your perspective on how phase performed today and how the rest of the competition performed Okay, yeah, okay, so, yeah, so I switch over my mic. Hopefully, hopefully it's a little better for everyone. For everyone but, but, I mean, honestly, I'm pretty, I'm pretty disappointed, disappointed with how we played as well. Played as well. Uh, we uh, kind of threw a couple, threw a couple games. We got entered on a couple games. And, and, and I don't really think a fifth place is great for us. We were setting a lot of positions to win some of these games. You know, we were in great spots. And I don't know if it was because we hadn't played much. You know, there was a big break between us. That's not really an excuse. Neither did really anyone else. So, 
Um, um, for for us, for us, I mean, it, I mean, just, it just kind of comes out to just one week at a time. Hopefully, you know, you know we can take a step back. We're one of the few teams, the few teams, teams that have played five, five weeks compared to, compared to everyone else. else. So, so I think we can breathe, breathe watch a little bit, and just kind of pick it up from there. Hal, obviously, uh, you know, we already know how you feel. You mentioned at the top of the show, but uh, break it down for me. What, what, what went wrong? What went, what went right? Obviously, game one, you guys started strong, but what happened after that? Well, uh, first game, we got lucky. lucky. We got some alcohol. We should have died there. But I was starting to start with game. Well, you know, I played that. You know, they were kind of trolling a little bit, so they kind of hinted us the launch back game. But I don't know. It was just a lot of things to say. Um combination of like zones, zones being, being uh, there's a we, we talk about this where, where the zones, zones are all in one quadrant and one tournament or sequence of games is not the best. But I don't know, after the first game, we got lucky with the alcohol. After the series, there were things that we did right. But after the first game, it kind of went downhill. We were forced to, you know, having a alcohol into spots where they're not the best. And... You know, you know, so that's, you know, you know the meta right, right now is offensive. offensive. You, know, you know, it's hard, hard to try to, try to coexist people. with people, right? Right? Like, so, so, so I don't know. It kind of just went downhill. Down you know, you know we, have we have made, like, individual, individual mistakes, mistakes and, and it's pretty much, pretty much it. it. Yeah. And there was there was there was laps of, like, me being kind of aggressive. You know, some games I was too aggressive. Some games I was too passive. There was no, like, middle ground. And it kind of just went back and forth some of the games. So, yeah, yeah. We're going to pause. That's actually really, I, I took notes there because a lot of good topics come back on. sounds like one in particular, obviously zone locations is one you want to chat about. We're going to pause for a second. Again, I, I mentioned at the top of the show, apologies in advance, everybody, for any echo. And I know there's some uh, technical difficulties. It's our first time doing the show. Chrono's first time ever doing a VMix broadcast, an official broadcast. So I know there's an echo right now. Let's try and get this fixed in real time here. Like I said, pilot, kind of test that episode. And we're trying to figure out where the echo is coming from. He said it may be coming from me, but I can't even fathom where from you it would come from, become from. So I'm muting my tab. Ooh. Gentlemen, snipe down Hal Knock. If you could all mute your tabs in VMix, hopefully that does the trick. Don't mute your mic in VMix because that's how we're pulling our audio. And then actually, Eric, you mute him your mic in VMix. Do a quick mic check. And if you get stream, let us know if you guys can hear snipe down as he mutes in VMix. Yeah, I muted myself in VMix. Maybe one of the two is just going to be causing the echo. I'm not really too sure. Yeah, what, okay. Uh, okay, so let's see. Did you guys just hear snipe down in chat? Perfect. They Something's perfect. So, right. no echo so from sight. Happened. It's good now. We did it. Guys, this I is. I don't know what we did, but we did it. I might be so excited. We have to mute, mute yourself in uh, VMix because apparently that is what fixed it for me. So Hal's still echoing. Okay, so Hal's going to mute in VMix. Okay, Nox, I muted it. Nox going to mute in VMix. I muted in VMix. Nice. Now, Nox, do a quick mic check. Test, test. Hal, do a quick mic check. All right, everyone says it's good. It's the, it was the VMix that was the issue. It was That's it. All right, we did right. it. Real t- Someone said hire the chat for the broadcast. We're going to hire the chat. will officially be hired as our technical producer for the broadcast next time. This is a team effort. We appreciate every single one of you. And uh, look, how was just now that the technical issue was, issue was fixed? How was jumping into the good stuff? And knock. I'd actually, you know, I, I said to ask, I asked these guys how how they felt they performed. I want to start the conversation with really what Hal mentioned um, and a big topic around zone location. So Hal, if you can elaborate, what in particular you know you feel is wrong with kind of zone location? I think we all know it's obviously zone pulling in the same direction. What's your opinion on what should happen? And then knock. I'd love to get your take on if you agree or not. So Hal, kick us off on what your thoughts are there. Well. Obviously, like that's not the it's not the main reason why we lost, but um, there, you know, there's it's only happened. It's really rare for it to happen where multiple zones happen in one certain quadrant of the zone or of the you know map, right? And like considering like right now the meta is like very like defensive and zone oriented, like edge is like still it's way harder than it used to be because they nerfed the edge characters, right? So 
like getting zone is even like even more important in my opinion, like way more than before. So like when, you know, today we have, we have three zones in the Southeast quadrant of storm point, you know, it's three games, not a big sample size. Right. But like, what, what are the odds? Like it's happened before we've had three fish farm zones. Yeah. That was wild. Before, right. And like, you know, it, how it, 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 I guess it's a BR. It is what it is, but there's got this, it has to be some way of like, balancing that out like there shouldn't there should be no way that out of like the thousands of zones that somehow th- three of the zones happen in one certain part of the map like that just gives like such an advantage mm. over the teams right like that can even happen in um like match point like imagine we go to match point you know we go to land next land right for london yep and it's coming match point we play like 10 games and let's say like six games happen in one part of the map, like Storm Point or whatever it might be. Like th- those people that land in that part of the map, they have like such a bigger advantage over any other team because, like I said, Edge is like way hard to play. You know, have charge rifles, rampart walls, et cetera, et cetera. So, like that, like that obviously didn't help us at all. Like we had like the three hardest zones for us. Um, like I said, I know we won the first game, it was Gale Station, but that was pretty lucky. You know, we, we've out in like a shit spot. We got we were pinched, but you know we got we got lucky and we we got we took our luck and we won the game. But the next two games, trying to get into fish farms or launch pad with with the meta how it is now, it's just like almost impossible. Like it, every position is taken, and you just you you're just you just you just fucked. I'm gonna make one so, quick factoid. That's that's my job here as Mr. Hostman, and then knock. I want to get your thoughts on this. Hell, this is a this is a really good discussion, dude. Uh, it really is. Um, Optic won game two and three from Mill. And historically, Optic used to take their time looting mill, and historically they played down Edge. Beast. Oh, Down Beast, sorry. Yeah, they're down Beast, yeah, they're down beast now, yeah. now. They're Down Beast now, yeah, sorry. Uh, from Down Beast. So that's a fairly far pull for them to get Southeast as well. So, you know, with that said, three team, three games, yes, it was a far Southeast pull, but all three games were won by teams, TSM including being one of them, that were not in zone, had to, had to rotate. Not, not to say they played hard Edge, but now, I'd love to get your thoughts here. Do you agree, disagree? Uh, I don't think Edge is hard at all. Honestly, I think Edge is playing around idiots on Edge, and honestly, North America is full of idiots. So if you can <laughs> deal with idiots, then Edge is fine. It's it's dumbing down your gameplay to a level that they are and understanding where they come from, rather than trying to think smarter. <laughs> so understand you're saying you need to empathize with idiots is what you're saying. No, I understand idiots. Understand them. Put yourself in yeah. idiot shoes. Understand yeah. them and 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 work around that. Hal, your thoughts? No, I don't like. I don't disagree. Like. But it's, but that's a part of it. Like it makes it difficult because it's hard for me to understand idiots. You know. So. <laughs> I mean, as as professionals, it's hard to understand idiots. Yeah. 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 So, what, uh, scale one to ten, how would you rate your ability to understand idiots? Well, I mean, I kind of am one at times, so I mean, maybe I should IGL. <laughs> Who knows? But I think. Um, I think when it, when it like a, a lot of times historically when it comes to TSM they always do better when it comes to like better lobbies that's been their number one thing I feel like they've always semi struggled in a lot in a lot of these group stages going back to lands you know they struggled in some of those um, whenever when teams are historically smarter in the lobby it's a lot more easy to pan out and think about what the right plays are and then you know what they're gonna do but when you're trying to play chess on a bunch of people who aren't like moving their pieces around properly. That's when you know you rely too much on what other people are doing instead of like instead of making your own plays to win these situations. So I don't know. I don't know if Optic. I didn't get to watch what they played today, so maybe knock and fill me in. I don't know if they were just rotating, waiting to third party, or were constantly taking fights, winning fights. Uh, I I don't really know the best way to play Edge. We kind of play a hybrid on our on our team right now, but 
overall, I mean, it, I, I think edge is difficult, but if you find the right way to play in these lobbies with some lower skilled teams, uh, a lot of the teams that are in the games today are in the bottom, uh, like 10 teams overall after, after these five weeks. So, uh, you know, maybe just, maybe need to go back and kind of watch what optic was doing to make it work so well for them, considering they did have a, a large, you know, rotate on both the zones that they won. Al, so basically hard counters, both from snipe and nocturnal to your points, do you want to kind of counter argue? Do you, I mean, obviously you agree with the idiot comment and you have a hard time playing against idiots, but uh, Optic playing at an edge, I mean, all three teams won from edge or for at least from outside of zone, um, kind of countering your point, right? Well, um, this point is, is invalid when, you know, we got first last pro league. So like, you know, we know how to play against idiots, obviously. It's just, it's more like, I think, I think the base issue is, is that we're not comfortable in this current character meta. Mm-hmm. Like, we're a very aggressive team, and we like to play aggressive characters. And they gutted literally every character that we were playing, right? And like literally every character. They nerfed and give me, the fuck out yeah, of give me yeah, exactly. Give they me specifics the there. Of Horizon. Yeah. They also nerfed Valkans in a certain way. So like, you know, we another thing like you can also put this from perspective. Like Aurora was also doing well, right? Like in last, pro, like the last pro league, they're very. I think from what I understand, like obviously I'm not trying to like make up things, but I, I, this is how I see it. We went from a very aggressive meta, and all the very aggressive teams got gutted because all those aggressive characters are just not as good as they used to be. So, like playing, like positioning and stuff like that is a lot more important. And that's just how I see, like. And there's a lot of, in a lot of teams are good at that because they have a POI for that, et cetera, et cetera. Right? That's why we wanted to go to Launchpad, play the zone, but I didn't like that. But uh, obviously, there's there's a bunch of things, but um. I think our performance is just based off of like we're we're not comfortable as individuals um, in the meta. You know, we're trying to force like an aggressive and playstyle in the meta where it's more just kind of defensive. You know, everyone's playing cat or rampart. Yeah. Char- you know, there's charge rifles and stuff like that. So hard is, or edges is harder considering um, even though there's map room and stuff like that. I think it's just harder still because of how the meta is. Yep. So it's possible, difficult, and uh, this is great. Listen, Hal, this is this is amazing. This journey we've been on, progress. You went from basically being a finger guy, kind of pointing the finger, you know, saying that an edge got nerfed and edge sucks, to then saying actually I'm a thumb guy and we're not that good with the current meta picks and an edge. Um, with that said, this is great progress for your ability to uh, understand the situation. Um, no, I'm just kidding. With that said, though. Um, I love your thoughts. I mean, there's again, also a counterpoint. There seems like fire beavers. I saw someone next to you in the chat brought up a great point. And we can also talk a little bit about Amia here. Not turn on with you watch party to Mia today or have any thoughts there, but teams like fire beavers finding a lot of success, still playing kind of a hard edge play style. So, um, I think Hal's point of really just self-reflection, which I respect him, you know, having the humility to say that we're just not comfortable in the current character meta. Uh, but then there's teams that aren't running rampart and aren't running catalyst and are still finding success playing edge with, you know, with a more aggressive style. So your, your thoughts on all of that, who are the better, better, do you think edge characters got nerfed hardcore? Or is it just knowing how to play around the idiots? Um, I think it just comes down to like really confidence at the end of the day when you're playing edge. It's like because fire beavers that you you watch them. I watch them today, and uh, same thing with alliance. They they come in three deep, all confident as hell. And if you show any form of semblance of just no confidence, and this isn't directed towards TSM yep. or anything in general, but any team that plays edge, well, plays edge. But most of these teams just kind of look for fights, but they're not looking for like. You know, the push and pull, the, the space creation, they're not looking for opportunities. They're just playing for one linear play style, one linear spot. Like, it's very, I don't know. It's, they're not thinking they're all, they're all their opportunities. Um, honestly, it's like, 
no one's anyone that's playing edge right now is not confident they're not they don't really have a game plan they're not really doing anything feel like there's just a fundamental misunderstanding of what edge is and fire beavers is like a perfect show of what what actually edge is well said uh eric last point on this specific subtopic if you will i'll give give you the final word um you know and actually kind of speak to it from a perspective of like phony as a leader i think phony as a leader is obviously insanely talented has shown that as of late um, and he has an ability to play zone or, or edge. I think a lot of leaders being able to be hybrid. And I think Nocturnal is also similar in that. You, you see them play a, a high edge sometimes and when it makes sense for them to success. And you see them playing early zones to success. So it's time to have a final word on this topic, um, and, and especially as it relates to Phony and, and your team style. And, and other teams, do you think they do a good job of that? Yeah, I mean, to be fair, honestly, today for us, like I said, I don't think we did very well today. We had three zones on Stormpoint that all ended pretty much right next to us, and we threw two of them. Um, we had a launch pad zone that ended right next to us. We got seventh place. We had a, a mirage zone that we were top mirage and we lost track of people. Another team came up top on us and uh, we ended up losing that game, which that game should have been a 25 point win for us. I mean, the, the team that uh, it was tech's team that ended up taking top, they ended up losing the last fight, got top two. But I mean, w- right now, like we're, we're kind of struggling and in a weird spot right now where, you know, if we don't get to zone, we've had a lot of, we've had success on climatizer days and then we've we're played lava fisher and we'll have zones and we'll loop for too long or not get to the right spot and then struggle to work our way in so i think like it's not like we're having like an identity crisis we know what we want to do we have set ideas of how we want to how we want to play but um a lot of the times like we we fail to make a play when we need to or we focus too much on making a play that's not the right play i mean you can't win every game it's a br so you just take it one step at a time but you know today i mean i, I think today you know last week the week before we got 18th and that was, you know, the worst week we've had. We've had really consistent placements. But this fifth place today felt pretty horrible considering the, the zones were gifted to us on uh, on a lot of these games. But I think it really just comes down to whatever is most comfortable for you. You need to you need to always make plays. I think I think feeling pressured, whether it's the points that you have in the game going in, you think you need to drop a 20-kill bomb. I think no matter what, the goal is to just win because that's where the guaranteed points are instead of trying to over-push for third parties, over-push for kills and do too much. So, I mean, there's obviously situations where you have to go for the kills and, and hope the be- that the best happens. I think, I think that's what makes the best IGLs, the best IGLs is making something out of nothing. And the, the teams that look like they can't do anything. And then the games all of a sudden turn into a 14 kill win. And that, you know, that's kind of what happened with TSM in game one. You know, I, I went back and I saw a little bit, they were in, they were pinched multiple times. They were in terrible spots. And all of a sudden they ended up on roof above our team with horizon in the best spot to end up winning the game. And, and those types of games, you know, you don't see average IGLs or average teams able to make up from those situations. That's right. Uh, another way to put it as my a good, the legend prospect once said, you sometimes you got to make chicken soup out of chicken shit. You know, you got some, you got some chicken shit and you got to find a way to put it into stew. Hal, you're pretty good at that. No, I'm, this is a stone cold audience here. Not even a smile or a smirk from Eric or Nocturnal. <laughs> I questioned. I questioned the hell of whatever you just said, but that's fine. God, I mean, shit. I, I, thank you, Eric. God, <laughs> thank you. It was a little. He's a little slow on the laugh, but Hal, I understand him being Stonewall Jackson. I'm okay with that. You know, given the status and situation, but not give me something, dude. Jesus Christ. I you got to be funny to get something. I'm sorry. That was chat. That was funny. Someone back me up in chat. All right, listen. Chicken soup on a chicken shit. That's good. Anyways, okay. Uh, we're going to show. We're going to. I hate you. We're going to transition the topic today. Uh, and right now, the subtopic, not the overall topic, the subtopic. I want to keep talking about the LGS. Um, now, just the overall kind of standings and the overall conversation. So, obviously, as it relates to today's 
uh, performance, Optic dominated. What they won three out of six games and came in second in the fourth. Back to back weeks. And, and and speaking of back, he's back to being nice week here. He lost his nocturnal status. You just you have an identity crisis right now. Nocturnal, nocturnal. I, I, yeah, I want to get your take. You were watch partying it. Back to back weeks. Optic's playing out of their mind. What's working? <laughs> see the text I, don't, I, love you, I, don't, I don't even know they, they didn't stream it they didn't there's no uh, command center so who the fuck knows how optic did it maybe they're, they're just cheating let's just let's just ban them honestly i'm down i think that's the only answer uh yeah i i think uh dropped is cheating and uh this is the only way he got 20 plus kills on sierra and mnk so let's just ban him fuck it confirmed I, yeah. I can't take you anywhere man you're supposed to be like an analyst dude with a try hard answer so this is why the apex uh, after hour I mean, show is amazing like, there, there was no perspective to yeah, watch not fair. That's a good optic, so yeah. can't see it Hal, you were in the lobby and sniping you were in the lobby I and mean, you, you must have seen something that they were doing well at some point do you guys have any thoughts about this optic roster and what's working well because i'll be honest i was a bit of a critic when that when this decision was made i was like dupe for dropped you know it's a it's kind of a i don't know i, I wasn't sure how i felt about it it was kind of a wild card for me what's working so well for this optic roster in your eyes Hal, starting with you um, I think dropped, it was the right move. I also think that dropped actually in Motivates' team to play the game. Mm. Um, before, like, they didn't play at all. So that was kind of on all of them. And I maybe, I don't know what, what, like, the environment was. Maybe they were trying to play with Dupe and Dupe wasn't playing or whatever it might be. But, but yeah, he, I think he motivates them to play. Like, they always play together. Like, I know before Pro League, they were playing a lot all the time, just ranked, just, all day, every single every single day as a team, they didn't play with anybody else. Um, so I, I don't know anything else like except you know work ethic yep. and you know a fresh start for the team. You know, so I think that's like the two biggest things I kind of gave it to them, and that probably you know helped a lot. Snipe. Yeah, I mean, I think they were just a completely defeated team the last split. I, I think you know once you once your mental is is shot, you don't have as much trust in your team's ability to either win games or something was going on. I know, I know, you know, Dupe even admitted that he, you know, he needed to take a step back. This wasn't just a, you know, we're putting it all on Dupe. Originally, I thought dropped was a pretty lateral move in terms of what he brought to the team. I think he brought a lot more motivation, like, like Hal said, and just more of a maybe guidance on what they wanted to do. You know, they swapped POIs from mill to down beast. Um, they, you know, took over, over mod, which they're still contesting LG, so LG's got a, a pretty big uphill battle going into these upcoming weeks because Optic has pretty much solidified themselves. But, you know, we, we actually ran into Optic a lot today. Uh, we didn't run into them much from the mill side because we were, had, the, had the POIs, but when the, the last two zones, Optic rotated around back through Overlook, and we ended up next to them two different times where we were forced to make a play. The, the team in front of us didn't make the play that we wanted them to. They ended up Valkulting behind the team that was holding us out ended up getting all those kills and then hold held god spot um so i you know they they were in pretty tough spots originally you know you would think that they would not be in the best situation to make the most of these games but they just saw an opening landed behind a team that was too focused on something else and were able to to take over those games and they got a first place and a second place out of those with a lot of kills uh overall i mean they just they just had a great game and i think they're trusting each other to not panic and make plays too early and just know that something will open up was the reason for their success this week and last week. I mean, they, they fragged out just as hard week prior to this as well. I'm pretty sure Skittle and knock had like 
almost 20 kills each. I, I think it was them too. I'm not 100% on that, but I mean, that's, that's back-to-back weeks where they're absolutely farming. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, when it comes to the final 20, if, if with better teams in the lobby, they're not able to get away with those plays. So maybe mm, for all we know, maybe yep. they're just good at playing with some of the worst, worst teams in the lobby. <laughs> um, and, and we'll see what happens when it gets to the top 20. I love your, your, your non-use of the word idiots there. Nice. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, good perspective on, on Optic here. Obviously, after it's five, four games, they're in 72. We have 72 points in first place. Tied with FaZe, we have 72 points after five game days. So Optic is well ahead of the pack right now. But of course, Xset with only three game days in seventh with 60 points right behind them. Not exciting to see you play here soon. But let's to transition uh, uh, to one last topic as it relates to today's standings. And then we're going we're gonna to kind of zoom out and do more of a macro overall status. But one last topic is a couple of wild cards teams including wildcard and i want to talk about them uh wildcard madness obviously the pickup of reptar they're in their second pro league day playing together and looked solid today overall and they're in sixth overall uh meat lovers complexity in the grand scheme of things a couple teams that i don't think any of us would have probably predicted to be above energy and tsm and others nocturnal i'd love your thoughts on, on some of these new squads that are really showing up in, as wildcards uh i mean first and foremost wildcard they're my old organization it's nice to see them come That's through what again. you played for wildcard back in the day I didn't know that uh, I like know four that. years ago or something like that. Um, it's nice to see them actually come back into the scene and support a new, a newer free agent team that are actually picking up traction. Um, it's kind of, it's interesting to see a kind of hard position based team to just do so well in the current meta. It's very, a very unforgiving meta for like all the zone shifts and like that. So it's really nice to see wildcard pick it up. I think meat lovers is kind of tending to be the position gameplay too. So it's really cool to see them. It's nice to see text like reformation arc where he's not doing, yep. you know, the stupid plays that he used to do. <laughs> um, he's playing with two incredible, I think they're rookies. They're rookies, they yeah. Both rookies. Rookies. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. They're two incredible rookie players. They're the controller players I knew. And Zainu has been picking it up. Um, Funk's been amazing too. Like, they're nice to see. They're, it's actually really refreshing to see some incredible new talent coming through. And then for complexity, you know, we want to see Monsoon at land. He deserves it. It's yep. been a it's been a hot minute that he's played underneath his own organization at land. Always been and, so close too. <laughs> yep. Yeah. He he fucking deserves it. He deserves the world, honestly. He's such a nice guy. And honestly, it's refreshing to see some new faces at the top and or, or teetering towards the top too. Yeah, I love really that. Nice. And I and, uh, completely agreed. And, and the crazy thing of Monsoon, he was this close to retiring. I mean, I don't know if you guys heard, yep. heard he was actually considering joining us on the broadcast desk. That's why we brought him. And, you know, I, uh, I was chatting with him a ton about that and brought him on the desk to, in, uh, in London. And he was this close, man. So it's a great storyline. Um, Hal, I'll, start, I'll throw to you. Any, anything else you'd add about those teams? Do you think you feel like Nocturnal covered it? I think Nocturnal got it. I'm, I'm also happy that, you know, Monsoon didn't give up and he stuck to it. Yeah, yeah that's a good storyline. Snipe, anything else you'd add? I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm happy because there was some fallout between Phony and the guys uh, from their previous roster on ESA, and both of us have been doing well this split. So I think, mm-hmm. you know, in the end, regardless of there being hard feelings right away of, of some things that went down, uh, that we're all doing well and kind of found a, our groove a with the right team. So transition. I, I think that's just a big positive all around. Sometimes you really just have to make, like, in the in the moment, it's not what you think is the best decision, but... They ended up working out, so that's nice. Yeah. And for, for Christ's sake, this is the next topic. No, I'm just kidding. This isn't. But you're right. Yeah, there's, there's a little bit of fallout, you know, uh, some, some bad blood there with both of your squads, and you're both in the top 10. If you both make it to land, can an ALGS or Apex player talk shit ever, like in an interview? I, I, like I, I, you guys know I come from Gears. That's all we did. But we need some more personalities. Why is Nasky the only one that ever talks shit? Hal, we need, we need something from you. Listen, I can't be dropping <laughs> F-bombs. Like, you know, they don't let me, so... <laughs> You know, I, I was talking shit. Listen, I was talking shit to Sweet last last land, but I don't know. I, did, you, did you get in trouble for I it? Can't or talk, no? I can't. I can't talk shit if I start. You know, start cursing on, on stream. So and I then you get in trouble. Keep, you know, keep 
Yeah. So that's a big part of it. They, they literally say like, don't swear. Be, Wait, really? It's that. It's all. Well, no, I'm. I'm just assuming. Like nobody oh, else. Like, this no, into realm. The, the casters. Nobody else cusses. So, like, if they were allowed to cuss, they would cuss, but they don't because obviously I would. I'm, I'm just assuming they're not allowed. <laughs> yeah, it's just, just an assumption. I say you try and see what happens. You know, that's my personal take. Nocturnal, can you talk some shit, please? You're too nice to everybody. No, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I, I'm fine with being the humble one. I'm fine with you know, sitting in the silence and doing my own thing. I'm. I'm fine. I should talk how on the weekly for. Every day on Twitter, we banter every single day, but that's just me loving him. Um, but I, I realistically just don't care for talking shit anymore. Eric, Listen, you, I'll be I'll be talking shit from my watch party this year. Okay, okay, I respect that. <laughs> you want you 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 you, you, so no, no, no. you you won't be watch party. You'll be a sub for our land. Like don't, don't even oh, don't, don't, trip. don't trip, don't trip, oh don't trip, don't trip. You'll be there. You'll be you will be there. Downgrade. Yeah, damn, I was your sub last you son of a bitch. I'm not going to be playing as a sub. <laughs> I will be watch partying and praying on all everybody that was downfall. Hal, you can sit on my lap at land if you want to, you know, sub for me. Hal, I swear to God, I'm going to fly down to Austin, Texas, and give the greatest motivational speech of all. What is this manifestation right now? Don't even put that in the universe, dude. You know that what TSM does. That you do shit like this, and then match point finals, which you're going to qualify for. You win, and then you qualify, and you do it the dramatic way. What's wrong with you? What's going through it's- your head right now? It's the fucking storyline. It's gonna happen. He's gonna he's gonna bomb out Not next week. Not if he's talking about watch parties. Now, five match point. He's gonna happen. He's talking about watch parties already. No, I, I, I already looked at the points. Like the points breakdown. What they have fifty one, and the cutoff from last land was eighty four. Like that's extremely doable with two weeks left. That's like two top fours or something like that. Which I, I mean, you get one first place, you can get an eighth. Like it, it's super. It's very doable. Hell and you guys have won the first game of the last two weeks i'm pretty sure so i, I don't know i don't know what goes on. on after you guys win the first game but i mean it's obviously it's obviously there how la- hey, listen how i want you to have the last word on this jokes aside obviously give us the real man give us the objective real um do you think tsm is going to make it to london no i don't think so I, I i don't think we are uh i don't think none of us on the team are kind of like just oh there was a glimpse of it last time when we were fourth fourth place right but yeah, I don't know. It, it just I I've played this game for four years, and when you go into an Apex game or in any comp game with anybody or anyone, you kind of know what's going to happen and before it even happens, round. right? So like that's how I felt from last last pro league, last land. Like I knew we were going to win because of how we were talking, like how we were. Playing. I knew you guys were going to win. Like I I knew which, we, two, if we weren't winning, then. I, I just there has to be some other universe, some other universe that we you know we did. So like, I don't know. Like th- we made like some like we make stupid mistakes and like uh, I don't know. This is how I see it. Like I, I had that feeling as an IGL or as a competitive player for four years that it is not right. It's not there that when we need it to be. Okay, that's, that's it. But with that said. You've been here before. You playing with Snipe, you guys were in a similar point, and you were able to turn things around. And what, what camera I'm trying to blanket right now? Was it was it um, False? Yeah, GLL, False Circuit. Oh, my and, gosh. I completely forgot about that's that. That's what I'm saying. I was, that was, that was, that was like, we're in second place. We're behind from first. Like, way different scenario. This, this is the first time we've, like, not going to qualify for a LAN. Or, like, I haven't. the last time we didn't qualify for something LGS-related was, like, a while ago, like th- maybe two years ago or something with, when we were playing with Mac, and that, I think, on, online. Yeah, and that's true. That's true. But I guess why even put that on the universe when you know you guys do have an ability to pop You Do not feel like you have an ability to pop off and win the match point final? No. 
I, I mean, saying, I completely I disagree with you. <laughs> so, I, think, I think everyone here would disagree with yeah, you. Yeah, I think everyone will disagree with you. Uh, I think if there's any one team, I mean, the, I think the biggest concern is teams targeting you from when it gets to match point because they all know that they don't want to play you guys on land. Yeah, I think that, that would be. Horizon, so. I mean, yeah, yeah. do you think that's already happening? Like, do you think that that had any, like. Like, with the shit that happened yesterday, it was, uh, I would be kind of questioning, like, why. Like certain teams are pushing us in the way that where they were today, but um, but yeah, I don't know. Like it's, like you said, if we got if we did well in match point, like we would have to win, and we're the only like Horizon team practically. Yeah, that's like, true. Nobody else plays our comp, so like either we like kind of just pull something out of our ass, like comp related, and then also do well on it. Like you know, I, I don't know. It's at, it's at a point. It, I don't know. It's kind of like in Raven's hands to like kind of cook something up. And if it sticks, it sticks, and not because I, we we try we, we try to play something comfortable, right? We we're all playing Corsair, Horizon, Valk. But, you know, we've all we you know we did well before, so we were doing comfort picks, and that didn't work out. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I that's that's I, that's what's weird to me is because when you guys first switched back to it, I remember the game. You guys won the very first game. You guys played that comp when you pulled it out in scrims, and then you won the first day of pro league, and then you won the first day of pro league again today. So. I don't know if there's like if if you guys get ahead of yourselves after you win the first game and then you know it just goes downhill from there. But obviously I that I, comp I is. I, I said it from the start. I was like that comp is what you guys should be playing. I, I talked about it in one of my videos I did because you guys are probably the best fighting team that like has been historical in in this game. I mean that that just makes the most sense. So I don't know that obviously you guys have a lot to go back and look which, at. Which comp? Already which, stuff which, up. which comp do you think they should run? But exactly what they're running what right, they're now. right now. The, 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 say, like Evans, stay, stay Evans probably the best Valk in the game. How is an incredible Horizon on like a controller IGL Horizon and and Jordan plays Seer well. So I, I don't know if it's like like on one of the games I I, I saw today because you guys kind of almost griefed up us a little bit as well. Um, it was the World's Edge game that ended by the tracks Frag West. You guys were hesitating on whether you wanted to push the third party or you wanted to hold the space. Yeah. But I think that was just one of those situations that you're obviously going to go back watch and just kind of kind of i'm obviously you're going to talk about it but um do you, do you think hesitation is is part of the issue right now like you guys are just kind of thinking too much about what you need to do instead of just letting the game like play out accordingly uh yes and no like uh, i don't think there wasn't really like hesitation there it was just more of a miscommunication like we didn't me and joy didn't really like communicate with, with one another regarding like what's in the zone like ahead of us like instead of us having to go across I I wasn't communicated. I didn't communicate to him like what I needed to understand what was ahead of us, and he didn't communicate to me what was ahead of us correctly. So like it just went both ways. Like I didn't tell him like, hey, you gotta tell me, can we play this without dying? How much space do we have, etc. He just told me it was safe. So I I just I just assumed in the back of my head from the zone because I couldn't look at what was ahead of us. I, it, I just feel like a broken record, but yeah, it was just a miscommunication, and that's that's how I see it. I don't think it was hesitation. I assumed a certain thing, and that's why we made a stupid play to go across the third party of the fragment. But look, so, we yeah. uh, 
we got we to move on to our next topic here in a sec. This is really, really good discussion. You have no idea how badly I want to get in my soapbox and give the greatest pep talk of all time, but I'll save that for my flight down to Austin, which is going to happen. No, I'm just kidding. This show's not about me. This show's about you guys. So I, I will refrain. Not going, I do want to give you the final word, though, because you watch Party to Mia. You're a student of the game. You, you're the best IGL in the world right now, hands down, in, in my opinion, I think, in, many, in, in an objective opinion. Um, what do you think they should do? Do you think they should maybe look at teams like Fire Beavers or others for inspiration, knowing that they're a good fighting team? And what do you think they should do? I feel like you and Jordan just need to have a conversation because it's like I, I watch the games and it feels like you two just have this massive friction and lo- like lack of trust personally. I know this is like super just like in depth, maybe like it's completely bullshit, but from my eyes, it looks like you guys are very. Uh, it's like just you guys don't trust each other in the current moment, and you're—I mean, I'm going to say your mental is just fucking dog shit right now. Um, you're, you're one of the best players in the game. You are one of the best IGLs in the game. You are simply a fucking legend of this game, and there's no reason for you to be this down. I know it sucks in the current moment, but realistically like you just need to take a break for a set yourself like for yourself you need to talk to your team like honestly like all of this is kind of just setting yourself for failure and it's like you already mm. failed no yeah. not yet not no, yet you haven't you're not it's even not. close it's not it's like you're in eighth it's place not. with it's, 51 not, points it, right now i mean there's there's, there's oh, no failure we're in eighth place where yeah, that doesn't like count. the whole bottom of the Leaderboard below us has like two more weeks played, like uh, or not played. Yeah, so, like, it's not over until it's over. Like you, if you're giving up beforehand, then you're just fundamentally fucking giving up, and like you're you're failing yourself, and at that point, and then you're just taking your future away. Like there's no reason to give up now when you have still two more weeks and two more weeks and a match point final and a match point final that you could easily well, no, win. No, bro. Like, that's have, what you guys you do. Will, you have two you more have two more games, yeah. and, you, and you have a match point final to play, and the match point final does points that count towards your overall leaderboard. Yeah, I think it is. I yeah. think it might be close to impossible for you to qual through top ten. Absolutely. I mean, you, you, you sniped on top eleven. Top eleven. Sorry, take a call. It was an eighty-four point cutoff it's not, last time. It's not impossible for them to well, qualify through top eleven. You said two top threes and two top fours back to back weeks. And yeah, I, you're right. You're I, right. Actually, that's a good point. No, it's not even close to mathematically so. impossible. You're actually. I, I did my math wrong. You're right. It's not even close to mathematically impossible. I think Nocturnal spot on, man. Look, we're gonna move. We're gonna transition topics. 1,000% uh, right now because we got to get moving, but 1,000% do agree with Nocturnal and Snipe. Um, look, other great leaders, other great goats, greatest of all times have been here before. And you know, I've always said this, you're the Tom Brady, the Michael Jordan of Apex Legends. Dig deep, understand what they did in these moments, how they motivate their team, get in that gym at 5 a.m. tomorrow and, and shoot a bajillion baskets with your team, push them, motivate them, do what you need to do. You are so far from out of this, and I 1,000% believe you will do what TSM has done hit time and time again, what you have done time and time again, but you need to change your mentality 100%. So I do agree. Let's move on, though, uh, to a different topic. Lots to discuss here in the grand scheme of where, where things are at. This is Realm Solo Q, uh, obviously a big topic right now. We'd be remiss to not chat about it. And um, and look, obviously, I want to give you guys, you guys have had a long day of playing. So we'll breeze through some of these chats, and we'll wrap up here in just a moment, but a couple of really important topics here. Uh, Realm, I want to talk about this for maybe 5, 10 minutes. Would love just a, a thought from each of you on one realm in general pros cons strengths weaknesses uh, both from like a you know pro player perspective but also just the, the, the growth of the community is there anything realm could do better and then two uh the second subtopic any ideas you have or thoughts you have for how realm could really push things forward because my, my personal take realm's amazing for for the scene it's what's missing it's solving that middle tier gap giving people a chance to to, to compete in a, in, in a way that they haven't had a chance to compete before uh and and we all know for so many reasons how great it is but i'd love to hear from your, your guys' perspective how things are going nocturnal start with you uh, unfortunately, I haven't played much of Realm. Uh, I haven't. I've played maybe like seven or eight <laughs> games. So I've just been so busy lately. Um, I think it's a great way to introduce amateurs into the pro scene to try and develop them further and further. Um, I don't 
personally like how realm is handling itself with our scrims it's kind of like they're kind of overlapping they're kind of doing a hostile takeover even tempo is showing it right now where it's like holy fuck i can't even get scrims going it's a little frustrating as a pro player but i don't know i i think it's creating a unrealistic like environment for pro players like pro players are valuing realm way too much over just practicing with their teammates like they're 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 simply like oh my god this is a shiny new solo queue but they're not working with their teammates. They're not trying to grow as play like as a team or players. Like they're just playing with this new and shiny toy. But we're we're simply losing like a lot of team practice and a lot of overall practice as a region, and it's going to set us back. I think monumentally. Hal, would love to hear from you next. That's, and that, that's a perfect kickoff, man. A great kind of pros cons overview. Hal, what are your thoughts? Do you agree with Knock? No, yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, I think I think Realm is like a great thing, like you said. Um, it's like ranked is an absolute, you know, shit show, right, right now, and it's actually pathetic how it is right now. But, um, and I and I'm actually glad. Like, if Realm wasn't a thing right now, like it would, I think it'd be very hard for any streamer to be playing Apex right now, uh, because they would be forced to play ranked. But, um, yeah, I, I also think like I believe that they are trying to purposely overlap with other things like scrims. Um, I don't know why. Um, they need they they need to, they need to figure out scheduling with with one another to balance the both. Like we don't I don't I don't want to. We already had issues with scrims, right? And I'm not trying to go into realm or scrims now. And I have players like Clayne from Native trying to play realm because he's number three in overall leaderboard. Like you know, so like you like you said, we don't NA has always been ahead because of just a multiple of things. But we don't we don't want to set ourselves back because we don't play as much in scrims. Just we don't even have we, like two. We're missing like two weeks of scrims right now. Like geez. after after this week, like we're we're not having scrims anymore. Like Tempo's not hosting them, right? Uh, I, I don't know. I th- I think people were planning on se- like doing scrims just for the upcoming ALGS groups, something okay. like that. I'm not, I'm not okay. sure, but but yeah. I, I, either way, like um, there needs to be a better schedule when it, when it and there needs to be a world where we can play both all of realm and play scrims without intervening. You know, we have 24 hours a day. If people have to fucking wake up to play realm early in the morning, then fucking do it. If you want to, you know, that's, there's no other way around it. So, um, it shouldn't be overlapping with the other shit because, you know, it's going to be come to the point where, you know, tournaments are going to come into the same time space as realm and people are just going to start playing tournaments and then realm is going to start getting pissed off. So not just for, you know, their sake, but for other people's sake, you know, they need to cooperate with everybody. The ecosystem. That's just, so it'll, it'll work out for everyone, you know? Like, that's just how I see it. But, yep. yeah. Great points. Those are really, really great points. I appreciate you guys, you know, bringing those to light because I think it's super important uh, that North America doesn't fall behind. We've been on top for how long now? Uh, I say we, I was the collective we. Still got pride as a Greek though in EMEA, but EMEA might surpass y'all because they're hustling, man. They're scrimming, they're hustling, they're, they're hard workers. And APAC obviously can do the same. So, Eric, what are your thoughts? Do you agree with these guys or do you disagree? I don't agree with your last take right there. <laughs> I, I, think, uh, I think NA will pretty much remain on top. I think, you know, we've had, what, four or five lands at this point, and NA's been on top of every single one of them. Yeah. Uh, besides, well, I mean, it could change, though. NA if you're now, not scrimming so. for two weeks, three weeks in a row, I mean, it could change, man. And if that continues? It would be, a, it would be a, like, a, it would take time. It wouldn't be something like that would happen. It would take time, yeah. You know, we got two months any, two months to land, though. I mean, if this continues and we go down this path of any not scrimming and Inimia continues improving, Vex is looking solid, Fire Beavers, you know, teams like Aurora can show up. I don't know. Anyways, we'll, we'll, that's another topic. So I'm going to continue, though. You, you disagree with that topic, but continue your thoughts. I mean, I I watch other regions. So I'll watch EU scrim, and EU scrims happen after Realm as well, correct? Correct me. Like, but their, so. does their region yeah. stay disciplined in their scrims? Because their scrims don't look high quality either. So I, I don't know. 
if this is just, you know, Realm goes on for too long. It, it obviously seems like Realm is trying to compete with just taking over the entire pro player market. They want everyone to stream their games. They want, you know, the hype of Realm, 150K series, whatever it is like that. They have their own agenda. Obviously, they're a business. They want as many eyes on them as possible. Um, I, I think, I don't know if it's just like the money involved in Apex is not high enough that people, that pro players are going to always just go towards the big prize pool, the big shiny prize pool, which is, you know, right now it's Realm. Right now it's this fun solo queue. Ranked is horrible. There's cheaters rampant everywhere. And it's just like, it's a way for them to play. I don't know if the game, if it's just going on too long, maybe Realm should be four hours and then we get our, you know, three hour, four hour scrim block of scrims. But obviously like Realm is going to focus on Realm. They're not going to care about our pro scrims getting torched because we can't show up and, and do good quality. That's kind of on, that's on the pro players. And we've had that issue ever since i want to say after the first year i feel like the first year of of apex and and i remember some of the lobbies i was in with like i remember yusuf got me into all the the games and, and those quality scrims when it was the path watson wraith meta was the best quality scrims i've ever played in and ever ever since then it's just been it's been poor um but i don't i don't know what the balance would be at at the end of the day so i don't know if we're just trying to figure that out still but it's kind of it's kind of just feels cool. kind of chalked at this point well, the, the argument was more of like having or like what's called realm forcing players to choose whether or not they want to scrim or play realm. Yeah, that's well, like I, the issue. I I love playing realm. I've really enjoyed playing realm so far. But I have I've got like twenty games maybe in realm because I took a week break and what you need like over a couple hundred to be able to qualify for the finals, which I don't I don't even know. It's a couple months away, but it requires such a grind to be able like. People need to play full days of realm to be able to get this qualify and, and to get their elo up. So then they, you know, they feel that they're not getting tanked by other teammates. So there is a requirement of what you have to put into realm to stay, I guess, relevant and, and be able to make it to these big lobbies. So you get better teammates and, and that's a grind in itself. So like, I, I'm kind of screwed already at this point when it comes to that. Yep. Yeah. These are, these are all fantastic points. I, um, I think I gotta agree with y'all. You know, obviously you guys really, um, addressed an important topic, kind of brought to light an important topic that if we don't kind of fix it, and ultimately if, if Realm doesn't kind of play nice in the sandbox of the greater ecosystem, we get it. Look, they have investors, they have pressure to grow and they're trying, you know, they're looking out for themselves. Eric, you, you, you very bluntly said it, Realm's going to look out for themselves. I think if they continue to do that though, they will fail. And I agree, if we keep going down this path of just like competing with scrims and taking over and in hostile type of, of approach, I completely and wholeheartedly agree. If they, you know, change their tune and decide to kind of play, work with the community, work with leaders like Tempo, um, I think it certainly could be healthy. I think we, we all agree that, you know, of that Eric, Hal, and, and Nocturnal. And I know they're adding Team Q soon. There's things they can do with scrims. There's a lot of, of opportunity if they can kind of, you know, take a take a better community first approach. I think this is really important here. So it's a, it's a good topic, really good info from that. I, I mentioned we're going to kind of move five, 10 minutes quickly through that topic. And unless anyone has any burning final thoughts on Realm, Cool. We nailed it. We nailed it. I think that was yeah, great discussion, y'all. And hopefully this, you know, this and we know Foss is is uh, is always watching, is very active with the pros. So hopefully this is a, a good discussion and start some healthy debates on Twitter and our good old competitive Reddit sub subreddit. Um with that said, let's jump into our, our next topic here. It's a it's a big one. Rambo and Dark Zero. Uh Rambo's retirement and Dark Zero. Boys, I want the I want the blunt, honest thoughts, opinions, you know, on the whole topic. Um, you know, obviously it was a it was a crazy whirlwind of two weeks. Who's gonna give the hot take? Who wants to start? Uh, I don't have a hot take. I mean, honestly, he did the right decision. Like he, I had, I mean, I talked to Rambo before even like making the decision. And I mean, obviously it's us as friends. We talked about it. Um, he made the right decision. He wanted to take a mental break. He was going to plan to leave for uh, a full split. 
in a full land and he got approached and like you just can't resist that offer it's fucking dark zero like honestly. i mean I'll, I'll hot take this then because it doesn't make any sense to me that you tweet out a retirement then have a 16 hour stream the next day like it, it's there there was something else going on behind the scenes maybe he wasn't happy with his team maybe he wasn't happy with whatever was happening on sentinels they weren't doing well like they did really well last split he, had, he was having a great time you know he was kill leader then they start doing really poor and he's like you know, I'm sure he had a lot of stuff going on. He tweeted about it. He had a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes. But to say, like, you want to retire and you need to take a step back and focus on other things, and then every single day you're playing in a tournament or 16-hour streams the following day, like, that doesn't match up with what you just what you just tweeted or what you just talked about. So, I mean, I don't think that he was, you know, scheming to get on Dark Zero this entire time. I think it did just end up falling into his lap, and he was like, oh, this is a great opportunity. Dark Zero is a great team. But there is something to be said for how it was handled like the whole sentinel situation like you know you're a contracted player with sentinels this feels like the whole rob gonkowski route where he wanted to get out of new england retired and then joined up with tom brady in tampa like you you just throw around i'm retiring so then you get out get out of your deal or your contract and then all of a sudden you're a free agent you can go wherever you want like it like Yes, he might not have had these intentions but this are this is from an outside view how it looks to everyone else like I'm happy for him. He's on a great team. He's a great player. I think he's one of the best players in the game. I gave him a top five over this past year of how he's done. But I mean, these are just the kind of the facts. Yeah, for those that aren't aware, um, you know, maybe they missed, the, missed it in the news. Uh, Rambo retired. It was a tragic retirement. I, I say tragic because, God, he's the best personality we have. The only person that talks a little smack, has a little fun. We, yeah, you know, for many reasons, he's great for the scene. I was devastated uh, and then comes back, joins Dark Zero just a, a week or two later after starting to play Realm with, with Zero. They were kind of 1-2, one, 1-3. One, and then Sharky just tweeted, you know, uh, recently he stepped back for uh, lacking passion. You know, he, he wasn't as, as passionate about competitive Apex as he once was. It was affecting his mood, his vibes. It was affecting Dark Zero's performance, even though they were still a top seven team with sharky that's how just good of a team that they are so not look i think the truth is somewhere in the middle um you know knock I, I do agree it was uh 100 the, the right move for rambo and a great move for rambo and i think rambo is the most well-intentioned person in apex that guy has nothing just good vibes good intentions i don't think there's a, a bit of evil or an evil bone in his body so i don't think it was like a master scheme by any means good insights across the board hal maybe the, do, you, do you have kind of any, any truth in the middle thoughts or where do you do you fall on snipe down side nocturnal side where do you stand um, I, everybody probably knows I've spoken. I've spoken about it um before, and I'm more of like snipe down side. Um, you know, like you know, it's it was a selfish thing. I think it was more you know very selfish. Um, he you know like you said he had get personal things. I don't think it was all set up like you said. Um, it all kind of just happened. He was expected to you know sit back because he had personal issues or personal stuff going on, and he got an offer. And then, you know, then the, all those personal things all, all of a sudden kind of just like, you know, disappeared in a way. And he joined a team. And I, I don't, I, I'm a competitor, right? We're all competitors. We're all here. You know, we all used to compete even you fall out. And, you know, if I, I've, I've seen Keon's and Arcan's like, you know, response, especially Keon's, like, I I'd be fucking pissed. So fucking pissed. You understand? Like, you. I, you know, Keon talked about on stream, he did not, like, they tried to talk to Rambo and explain, like, ask him, can you just tell us you're leaving because you don't want to play with us anymore? And he just did it. He just kept, he kept bringing up how, you know, I don't have any passion. I have personal stuff going on. I have to set back and blah, 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 bullshit, whatever, you know, you have personal stuff obviously going on, but there's some bullshit there, right? And I, I just, like, I, I love Rambo. He's a great guy. Like you said, he's great vibes. And, you know, you, you have a drink with that guy. 
every yep. you know single single day of the week. But like I, I lost a little bit of respect of him for him after that, to be honest, because you know you know that's not how you do treat your teammates. You just don't treat them like that. You know, yeah, I, I get it's a, it's all about business and you want to be selfish, et cetera, et cetera. But at least grow a pair and like tell your teammates like, hey, I don't like playing with you, Arkan, or I don't like playing with you, Keon, or I don't think I deserve to be on this team. I think I deserve to be on a better team. Whatever it might be, you know, you guys are boys. You guys have been playing. You guys have probably known each other for a while. Just tell it how it is. You don't need to lie to their face and then, you know, join the team a week or two later. You know, just, yeah. just put yourself put yourself in Keon and Arkean's shoes. Simple as that. There, there's, think, nobody, there's nobody else's, like, perspective more important than theirs. I think my biggest gripe is the word retire because I take that word, like, very seriously. When I, when I hear retire, it's like, you're old-ass man, the you're, fucking 33-year-old still back, competing. Like, yeah. I, in the past, I said I quit Halo. Like, I quit playing Halo. The game fizzled out. I didn't want to, you know, I went to Apex, played it, but I never officially announced, like, I'm never competing in Halo again. I retired in Halo. I've had teams want to ask me to come back and play in some tournaments, and I was like, I don't want, like, I'm not going back on that word. Retired is, is I'm done. I'm I'm never. So for for me to write retire and then come back, like, weeks later and not like and not stop playing tournaments and all this other stuff like that that's another thing that just kind of the wording was poor and the, yeah and honestly the, the wording's a little weird right like i'm not gonna speculate or say anything from a legal perspective but god i, I would love it. i know there's lawyers in our community like mel money and others who would love to just pe- take a peek at that contract right like the sentinels contract and the dark zero contract and um and, and how this thing kind of works in this scene it's, it's still developing esports industry is, is, is relatively nascent but yeah very interesting takes i, I love the, the the diversity here knock i want to give you the final word because i you know hal and snipe i think agreed with each other and shared some uh you know some opinions which i respect you guys both sharing firm opinions here and letting it letting it telling it like it is uh not gonna give you the final word though i mean i never disagreed with either of what they said mm-hmm. i mean they what they spoke was nothing but truth and honestly i just said from my perspective honestly i i don't really care about the word retired i'm not emotionally invested and in simply put it's not my team to care about um that's that's just the honest truth uh i know bo so he said i know he wanted to retire for i mean i'm just gonna fucking pop the bubble i knew he, he wanted to retire for multiple seasons mm-hmm. like he, he this wasn't just a a, a short-term thing he was he was pretty done for the past like six months um so it sucks that he didn't be honest with his team and honest. That's the honest truth. Um, and maybe you could have handled it better, but I mean, honestly, it is what it is at the end of the day. Like, yeah. It's not, your, it's not your team to worry about. Yeah. And like, I'm happy to have him in the apex community. So like I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's not a bad thing. I mean, I think he's one of the most favorite people in terms of in the community. So I, I think it just could have been handled better. And I think he's a young guy. So yeah, hundred percent. He's learning. He definitely could, he'll learn definitely from could have handled it better across the board. Honestly. And he'll learn from it. Right. Yeah. No, completely yeah. agreed. I think we all, we can all wholeheartedly unanimously agree. It's great to have him in the scene. So that's a great point. Good, great way to wrap the conversation. The very last comment I'll make though, I think it's a really important comment. Um, Nocturnal doesn't really, you know, have any t- any gripe with the word retire, but Snipe Down is a 33 year old grandfather still playing Apex. Really, just hates that Yo, word retire. Wow. Don't add extra years on top of it. It's already <laughs> tough enough out here. I already get enough slack. 32 in the, in the is it? 32 for, for my age. 32. But was I one year off? I, I turned 32 in like two and a half weeks. Right? <laughs> oh, I, I still so got time old. to live it up. <laughs> oh, I forgot your yeah, your Nick's age. Oh man. <laughs> yeah, Snipe Down really has a gripe with the word retire. You better not use that word loosely. Speaking of retire, Snipe Down. You've been playing for a long time. You're gonna to play till to you're like 45 years old, man. What's your future? Last, I just want to end on that. No, uh, I, <laughs> I mean, I don't think that it's not that I can't. I just think I've been doing this for 16 years now. I've been doing it for over half my life at this point. So, you know, I, I am looking at outside opportunities. Uh, it's not my primary focus. My primary focus is to win. And as long as I can compete with it out, 
without like me not giving it my 100% that I'm, I'm going to compete. But as soon as like my priorities shift or, you know, something else comes up, I, I'm not going to like do my teammates the disservice of hanging on just because I can hang, I can get mm-hmm. a little bit of an extra salary and tank my team with me. Like I, I'm, I'm just not the type of person I already, I always told myself when I was like a couple years in that as soon as the passion for competing dies out, like I'm gone. So I respect it. Self-aware. Hell, knock, don't get any freaking ideas. You, you guys got 15 years left in you, okay? Both of you. Don't get any ideas. Does Apex have 15 years? <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. That's why we're doing this show. We're trying to, we're trying to make sure that's the case. Um, yeah, this is a great discussion, guys. This is awesome. I, that, that, that's the next topic. Does Apex have 15 years left? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, last and final topic, gents, and then we're going to let you go. I know it's been a long day for you, Hal, Snipe, knock into your watch parting. Uh, this is a big one. CLG exits and basically uh, goes under and, and sells their assets to NRG, bought up by NRG. And and I don't know if you, I don't know if you guys saw my tweet today. Um, I, it hasn't gotten a, 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 it hasn't blown up necessarily. And not, not not like I'm looking for it to blow up from a, a virality perspective, but just from a it's an important topic to discuss perspective. Um, I forgot the guy's name. Someone linked me a video. I didn't see it. Doctor Nash or something like that. He's the former I think CEO of CLG. He worked for Hundred Thieves or something like that. Another org way back in the day. Um, and he has been talking about it for a while. The esports bubble that exists right now. Y'all are getting paid. I don't listen. You don't got to share any numbers, obviously, but I know y'all getting paid pretty a pretty penny. Okay, most of you, maybe some of you more than others. Um, but uh, play, pro player salaries are insanely inflated. It is so hard to run an esports org. CLG, one of those historic esports orgs, just folded, and others are struggling. You know, TSM's cutting back. How big week from that perspective? I'm not going to ask you to officially comment on that. I know that's not your business necessarily, but esports is in, a, in an interesting spot right now. And I'd love to just have a macro esports discussion. Do you guys believe that we're in a bubble? And do you believe that the bubble we're in is sustainable, both from like a macro esports perspective and Apex? Like, as long as Apex esports kind of continues down this bubble, orgs are, are, you know, some orgs are backing out. Cloud9's gone. Team Liquid's gone. Knock, you went through that yourself. Um, do you guys agree that we are in a bubble? And, and, and do you think pro player salaries are a big part of that? And how can we fix it? Knock, I'd love to get your take first, obviously, with the Liquid situation. Um, I don't think the salaries are the issue. I think the return of interest is the issue. I think that, you know, people, the orgs aren't really investing that much into the players. They're kind of just like expecting, you know, prize earnings to cover everything or sheer stream numbers to cover everything. Like they got to, the orgs got to do more with players, simply put. And then also, you know, it's on EA and Respawn to offer, offer more opportunities to make more money, to make uh, more prize earnings, more tournaments, more any, just any way to, you know, rev share, uh, team skins, um, all, all of that, like there, there's simply just a not enough, you know, ways to facilitate monies back into the org. There, there's, there's billion dollar businesses that can, you know, give a little to make a lot of people happy, and that's that's just the honest truth. At the end of the day, like we are simply, we're simply not given enough opportunities to return an interest of the players. Like we all are players that you know are very successful. We deserve our salaries, but. The orgs do not deserve the fact that how little just return of interest there is on most organ or for most games currently. Well, Seb, um, Snipe, I want to come to you next and I want to wrap up with Hal on, and obviously the TSM news this week. I know you can't officially comment on it, but any thoughts you have, Hal? But Snipe, your thoughts. I have so much to say on this. I could go a whole segment <laughs> if you want me to be honest. Um, I, I don't think necessarily pro player salaries are inflated. I think at the end of the day, like if you're going to have a comp scene, then the if, if the company is going to have a comp scene, then they need to support the comp scene and make it so that the orgs that are putting a lot of assets into it, the money into the players, need to have a way to make that money back, whether that's, you know, team skins or whatever it, whatever it may be. I don't know. May, like, there are some, ga- some games that pay orgs just to be in their game and participate. Uh, and that's how these pro players are making money. I think 
pro players are going to have a pro player salary. I think pro players can also have incentive-based bonuses. So maybe not give them as much of a salary, but if you're going to have a team like, let's say, this X-Set roster, you know, who knows who knows what they're getting paid. But if they're performing as well as they are, then they should get bonuses for those performances. But the goal is to win. A lot of these esports orgs are putting extra money into teams, but they can't guarantee results. So all of a sudden, a team that you thought was going to dominate, you might have paid buyouts for them, are performing like shit. And all of a sudden, you paid this outrageous amount for them, and you're giving them salaries that you can't pull back on. Otherwise, they're the bad guys. And then the, the game that's themselves is not supporting the orgs to make that money back. So this is just a giant sunk cost by, out of these orgs with nothing to get back from it. And you have pro players like in my, like Hal, for example. He is massive in terms of I'm sure, I'm sure the sponsors that he brings in and the content that he does, like that is invaluable in, in terms of what he brings to that organization. So, you know, his salary would be obviously more inflated than other, other people's salary. It's not inflated, but higher than other people because of what he brings to the table. Like everyone has their own individual worth. You know, I grew up in the era where I was making the same as my, as all of my teammates, no matter how big each of our individual presences were, no matter what I was bringing to the team, we all made the same amount of money. Now we're evolving to everyone is on their own individual basis. Everyone's making their own amount of salary. And we have agents that now, you know, talk about that for us but at the end of the day like everyone is just trying to pinch everyone for as much as they can get so you have you know agents that are wanting to get involved you have organizations that are trying to get the best that they can you have the games that are trying not to fork over any of their you know skin money you have everyone is just like the the goal from everyone right now is not for everyone to eat at the table it's for me to get as much out of you as i possibly can so i win you lose like that, yeah, that is yeah. the issue. There, there needs to be a collective group of how can we all win? Because there's, there's none of that right now. That's a great point. Hal thoughts. Do you agree? Disagree? Any other thoughts? I think, I think the point at the end is like probably the, the gist of everything. Um, you yep. know, like the whole just discussion is regarding money, right? So like everyone's going to be greedy about money, players, organizations, games, et cetera, et cetera. When it comes down to money, everyone wants a piece of it. Right. So, um, I, we are in a bubble. Um, I, I think one, it's literally just an esports bubble. You know, a lot of esports, it's not, there's not, it's not a lot of traditional um, way of work. Like, you know, there isn't really, there is like minimum requirements of like streaming. Maybe some people don't have that, but it's, like I said, it's a little bit of everything. The players have to put in the work, but the orgs also have to enforce that, but they don't do that. The games don't, you know, support the orgs. You know, it's it's like 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 Sai said, it needs to be a little bit of everything. But you know, when it comes on the money, everyone there's always going to be you know somebody on some team or some game that's going to be greedy to keep their money or gain as much money as possible. So, I don't I, in my in my eyes, like the, like like Michael said also is that the orgs need to somehow like enforce their players to actually be a professional player. You can't be a professional player. When you, you know, I'm going to get on and stream Apex for four hours and then I'll see you guys when I'll see you, you know? Like, there's no, there's, there's nothing traditional about it. It's just kind of like you're getting paid this amount of money that's, you know, probably a stupid amount for one, your following is like, you, is non-existent. You, your work ethic is not even there. And the orgs just kind of let that happen. And that's just how like CLG and like other organizations, you know, the COVID, COVID happened and then finally let a bu- bunch of numbers because people stayed in, ha- in the house, mm-hmm. right? And that just created, you know, a bunch of inflation because, yeah. you know, the orgs for some reason were stupid enough to pay people for work that they weren't even doing. 
or that they, they you know they should be doing more yep. for how, how much they were getting paid and I, I don't know how organizations have that much amount of money like i don't know if it's I, obviously i don't know shit for business right like i'm not an org owner or whatever but it, it's just crazy to me that some like some of the numbers that i know about for other players at they how much they get paid for how much they put back into the org is just like it's lopsided. How, how, how do you get robbed like yeah. that they need orgs need to be less stupid and like be more traditional in contracts like snipe said hey you have to stream this amount of time in 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 uh in this in every month like 50 hours whatever 60 hours whatever why wouldn't they it furthers your career it, it builds a relationship with your team it makes you a better player. It, it, you want to be you want to be a professional player. You want to be a gamer. Then you have to do other things than just you know have fun. It's not a hobby anymore. It's a job. So it's, it's like also that. like the biggest issue for new orgs coming in is they feel like they have to drop this huge bag to get some star team, and then they give all these things to that team, and then. I personally feel like pro players after a certain amount of uh, have been spoiled. Um, a, a lot of them, like a lot of them, deserve you know what they're getting. But a lot of these pro teams are making a lot of money for not putting in the work, not getting the results, and then they just ride on their contract. Orgs have so much else going on; they have multiple teams that they're invested in or whatever that they can't pay full attention. Maybe you know, but uh, I've seen pro players just demand things from orgs. They're like, "Oh, I want this. I want this. I want this product. I want this. Get me a PC. Get me this and that." And it's and then these new orgs, especially, are like, "Oh, we have to do this. Like, we need to keep our players happy." But it's like, what are these players doing no, to don't. actively grow you? Don't have to do it. you. Yeah. Yep. Well, there's, there's a, a, how I see it, like, there's a disconnect, right? You know, the gamers or the players, they're more younger, right? They have a, you know, they don't have like a business mentality Zero. or like understanding, right? But the orgs, you know, they have, they have high, you know, the older people, you know, you know, working in those organizations that probably have that experience and have that mentality, but they don't like, enforce that or teach their players like you know nocturnal was saying you know that's that's what the org should do they, you need to create a foundation a structure for your players if they don't have one because you're not going to get anything out of it if you don't you know help your players you're not you're not only there just to give them money you're there to you know work with them further them just so that you can, you know you can also further yourselves Love it. And I'll be honest how you are the poster child of that. And same thing, I think you do a great job of it as well. You know, Verholst, um, it is remarkable what you have done with your brand and how hard you have worked to build that and build your following and you, or you deserve every second of it. But the, the really important thing is what, what, what Eric said. And I think I'm back. Okay, my bad. Back. I accidentally clicked, clicked out for a second. Um, what's really important is the point that Snipedown made how you kind of plus one is a rising tide lifts all boats. So like, yes, you worked your ass off, but now that you are at the top as the CEO of Apex, you're not just saying, I'm going to enjoy this and, and take up all the money. You do whatever you buy. I see it every single day, dude, when our dinner conversations, how humble you are, how, how good of a person you are. The fact that you're doing this show after getting shit on, not shit on, but if you're being disappointed today with your performance, says everything you need to know. So a rising tide lifts all boats. We can all help each other grow. It drives me insane when the biggest streamers don't raid. Like how you always raid people, right? Every single time. Almost every time? Yeah, I do. Every night? Yeah, like, I didn't rate anybody today. It was I had 10-minute delay. Yeah, of course. Off, of course. Yeah. Story, no, but, it's a different story. Yeah. 
You always raid yeah. people. Like that is worth yeah. your raid is worth fifty thousand dollars. Twenty. You don't give a shit what it's worth. It's the right thing to do. And are the top streamers and pros need to stop gatekeeping. You know, and the ones globally. I think our Apex community does a really really good job of it. That's a really important thing as well. So that, that's a big topic. Um, not going. Uh, I want to share one other thought, but first, I wanna, uh, as a subtopic here, uh, I want to give you the final word because you are you know traditionally the, the different one, right? right? Like you're, you've been a top three IGL in North America, but you're not the, the sweet. Uh, Imperial Hal size of a Twitch streamer because you've always wanted to just win and you used to actually be very vocal about it. You were like, I'm not going to focus on content because I just want to compete to win, which I think is actually a very fair approach. But I want to give you a thought on that. I signed for. Well, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess so. What have you, you signed have you, to win? So you signed to win exactly. Mm-hmm. Have you changed your outlook on that lately, or what? What's your? Oh what you yeah, I mean, of course. I but personally, I I hated streaming. I really did. I hated dealing with like people on the regular that was just like really annoying or people that I kind of just like built it you know got the thick skin i stopped caring and switched focus on my own thing um i obviously don't have the size these people do but i've been working towards it and i think i've definitely made a turnaround um so i don't really have like much to comment on it other than i'm you simply agree. one of the yeah. people that have taken advantage of the kind of the esports bubble mm-hmm. but also i've got, got a second chance with joining exit to realize like hey what the fuck am i doing That's awesome it's time to work it's time to work simply put and you know, I got complacent. I was happy, but now, you know, taking advantage of it. Hey, can we get W's in the chat for that? That's that's fucking awesome, man. I love that story. I love your humility and kind of admitting you were, you were wrong in your outlook and how and sweet were right. And now you're turning that around and your brand's growing. And look, that's our job as well. Like, that's why I'm so passionate about shows like this. And that's why I do all that behind the scenes shit knock. I mean, hearing you say match point is the is the truth. Yeah. I'm, I'm all in. I mean, those, those behind the scenes interviews show your personality because our job as broadcasters my only job, it's not about me. There's so many people make it their show. It's not my show. My job is to make stories out of you and play and brands out of you. So you could be the next Imperial Hal or Vottery who's watching could be the next Imperial Hal or whoever it might be can grow. And uh, if, I, if I'm not doing that, I'm failing in my job. So, uh, you know, Nock, I hope you, you, you've seen that over the years. We need to do a better job of that as broadcasters as well. I think also the esports like methodology of where it's like, you just need to win. Like that's, that should be your only job to win. But like, we're not you're not just here to win you're here to be a brand you're here to be a face to the esport you're here to be more you're here to be the the snipe down like i grew up watching snipe down that was that was my legend yeah. there so like why are why are orgs not trying to enforce that kind of ruling or not even ruling or standard like they're just complacent with oh we're going to sign this team we're going to let them do their own thing and kind of just exist like but I'm I'm here with Exit. Obviously, I'm wearing an Alliance jersey. For, you know, <laughs> but I'm I'm with Exit, and they're just like, "Yo, we can do this, this, this with you, and we can, you know, plan for this, this, and this." And here we are. Like, let's build a future. But these organizations will sign teams and give them an absolute fuck ton of money for no reason when they don't stream, they don't do the work ethic. Like, people just need to do more. Like, you're you're professional. It's time to act like it. And esports needs to learn that like seriously. It's yep. really fucking bad. Simply put, and I think Saturday you said that you said it perfectly. We could talk about this for a long time. I want to say one last thing. Look, I know I've been not playing the analyst role intentionally because I want this show to be about you, especially when it relates really to talking about Apex. But I want to kind of play the analyst role here because I have a firm opinion. I've actually and Snipedown didn't know this. You just learned this a couple weeks ago, Eric, because we've been building the show. Uh, you know, I, I work full time for Microsoft. I've worked for Microsoft for nine years. I've grown from being a retail associate employee and 20, 20 years old to a cloud gaming director leading our, our gaming vertical. I've done sales. I've done sponsorship. I've done marketing. The fact that IP, and this is what I tweeted today. If you guys haven't seen the tweet, go, go check it out. I'd be curious to get you guys, your, your guys' takes. But as long as the publishers and developers can have complete and total control and are kind of gatekeeping control of license ownership, that'd be like the NFL 
uh, and, 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 and sorry, let me repeat that. As long as they have complete control of IP ownership and their only metric for growing their eSport or what is, how is their eSport successful is in-game s- sales of MTX, microtransactions, or skin sales, the system's broken. Because to grow an eSport, the NFL would not have grown if the only way that the NFL could have grown is how many footballs they sold. They need to do so much more to open up the ecosystem to other KPIs and metrics to drive success such as how much revenue did you drive to teams? Um, how many colleges did you support and give a chance to build an esports program to open up the funnel for youth to pro and that path to pro story? Um, there are so many other metrics for success that could exist. And something as simple as team skins in video games should be a staple across every single esport period. The fact that Riot and League only does it once a year the fact that Gears of War esports had so much success with black steel skins and team skins, the game died because the pros did not do did not do it in Parahal and Nocturnal and Snapdown just said the pros got really, really spoon-fed a $2 million prize pool and didn't make content, didn't do anything, and the game itself, uh, other issues. But at the end of the day, the most important thing for the growth of esports is to put the pressure on the publisher and developers to ultimately open up the ecosystem. So third-party tournament organizers, t- uh, teams have a chance to monetize uh, entrepreneurs, startups have a chance to grow and monetize an esports. If if someone wants to start an Apex platform or or, or, or a, a Call of Duty platform, they should be supported to do so and we should be able to monetize that. And until we open up the economy and, and and give a chance for the economy to flow with metrics that actually make sense for the growth of a sport, we're going to fall behind. Uh, because at the end of the day, the NFL would not have grown, the MLB would not have grown, the NHL would not have grown if it wasn't for their shared ownership model where all of the teams have shared ownership in the NHL and in the NFL and then have a chance to monetize and to grow in any way that they possibly can with rev share with all these open models. So that, that in my eyes, is the number one you know issue. Um, I'll, I'll let you guys share any final thoughts on that and we'll wrap up this topic. But anyone else have any final thoughts there? I think you killed no, it. That was great. I think that was a good way to close out of that. Yeah, that was beautiful. Awesome. Yeah, really important topic. Look, uh, it's hard to be an org right now. I met the Kansas City Pioneers guys yesterday. Small budding org. They're doing all the right things. They're hustling. They're grinding. Their content's great. They, they signed a great team. They're doing everything right, but they just they have no path to revenue other than sponsorships. And right now, the where the economy's heading, what's the first thing that's going to get cut for every company's budget? Sponsorships, sponsorships, mm-hmm. advertising, marketing. That's the first thing to get cut every single time. So it's going to be a reckoning. It already is a reckoning. CLG folded. But unless orgs and publishers and developers open up and stop completely owning the economy and open up the economy to others, it's going to be a really, really difficult. We're stunting the growth. We're hamstringing ourselves and our ability to grow esports, the orgs, the players, and everything else. So really important topic. Spread awareness to this topic. Again, I tweeted about it earlier today. The, the tweet didn't go viral necessarily, but I feel like it's a, it's a really important topic that, should, that people should be aware of. So please spread the word, everybody, because we got to make sure we can open this up. So with that said, um, obviously, last but not least, what it means for CLG. We obviously have the CLG squad and Apex Legends, you know, and we're keeping a close eye on them. Send them your love, everybody. It's a really, really solid team. What Shiny's been able to build with that squad is actually remarkable. Um, and, and, uh, and make sure to send support to that team, send support to the creator. How can we help? Someone, someone tweeted, follow up. That's a really good point. How can I help though? How can I, as a fan of esport help support your favorite creators, support your favorite orgs, buy their merch, the ways that they distribute and gain revenue right now, which are completely on their own and separate from the publishers and developers. Cause there's no, there's not a ton of rev share going on in esports right now. There's some, but not a ton is, is, uh, is merch 
is um, you know videos, YouTube content. They try and monetize their content. Support all your favorite pros, your players, your your orgs with their merch, and help bridge the gap to when hopefully publishers, publishers and developers wake up and open up revenue uh, opportunities and, and economic opportunities for the ecosystem is my my take on the overall topic. So it's a really important topic. We got to keep drawing light to it. But send some love, of course, to the CLG squad yeah, and anyone else that you know is going through the tough times of, of the economy right now and the reckoning that's coming that's coming to esports. Um, let's wrap up this topic. And wrap up the show with one last kind of note here. I want to get you guys to take uh, Apex Rising Charity Pro Am. Um, this is not a promotional bit. This is a back to the topic of all, all uh, you know, a rising tide raises all boats. You guys, all three of you, immediately signed up and, and said yes to doing this Charity Pro Am for free. You're not getting paid to do it with zero prize pool. Uh, why and what do we need to do to help the Apex scene grow? So we're not just a five year esport, we are a 15 year esport. Nocturne, I'd, I'd love to start with you. Wait, how did that just segue into from the tournament to that? <laughs> the tur- well, the tur- um, that's the point of the tournament. The point of the tournament is to is to give amateurs a chance to play with you guys and to give amateurs uh, a chance to, to to kind of start to learn and compete. And that's what Apex Rising is all about: is, is letting amateurs, shoutcasters, people of all walks mm-hmm. of life, LGBTQ, uh, BIPOC, compete and, and grow within the community as casters, as analysts and coaches, as uh, players, etc. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on the on the charity tournament, but then also the, you know what, what Apex needs to do as well. I think, um, I mean, realistically, we needed a healthy amateur scene to start off, like, first and foremost for Apex. Um, our, what, Challenger Circuit literally has no money in it, and nobody really cares about it. It gets, like, gets put on the, the back burner for, you know, I think starting with amateur scene, most important thing, because if you can't make any money in that, uh, that's a major issue. Um I want to say also the pro scene's not really getting that much publicity as it is. Um, the Play Apex Twitter doesn't even tweet about our, you know, lands, our LGS for any region, really. It tweets about itself, the game itself, but nothing towards our pro scene. Um, I think it needs, you know, more attention than it is getting currently. It's getting a retweet to the Play Apex Twitter, esports Twitter. It's a... Uh, so there's just a general, like, I don't know, lack of care, it feels like, from just the overall like the, the people that we're working with we're working for it's, I don't know. Yep. it's kind good, of frustrating good perspective let's 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 focus it back to the apex rising pro-am how we just did you know we just did a little special interview that's not hasn't been posted yet it's gonna be posted soon i think get a chance to meet who you're playing with no reveals no leaks but uh you know are you excited to play in this man why did you sign up without even hesitating you know it's you know it's you know i help you you help me you know i i get to participate in a tournament you know for charity and it gives me content to stream you know on my stream and because I don't want to be playing ranked, right, every single day or pubs, you know, so, you know, I don't, I don't need to have a prize pool. People will come to watch. People love watching competitive Apex, even if there's no money there, um, you know. So they, they also like, you know, that casual connection, you know. They're like, oh, maybe I have a chance one day to play with hell um, type of thing. Also, the reaction of just seeing, like, the people that you meet is really nice. And, you know, seeing them just, like, be like, oh, my God, I'm playing with hell. It's going to be so amazing. And, you know, this is a genuine reaction. Like, people don't really see pros as humans. Like, seeing seeing hell as a human is going to be a really nice change of pace for most people. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's like, it's going to be way, you know, I know people love watching me rage and stuff like that. But, like, the charity <laughs> term is going to be way, you know, there's going to be there's going to be moments, but it's going to be way different. You know, I'm going to be playing with people that don't usually play the game. It's not my teammates. You know, I don't have a, how much have much higher standards and stuff like that um but yeah you know i help you you help me and that's how that's kind of the gist of you know the last topic about you know esports you know trying to just you know to this with the realm too like the scheduling and stuff like that we all got to work together to all you know kind of come up because if we don't then we'll just tear each other apart and 
I'll go down. A rising tide lifts all boats. And how that's also pretty dope. And we just wrapped up that interview. It's going to be posted, I think, on Wednesday. Uh, you're playing with a three-year sub as well, which is really, really cool. He's a big fan here. So it's a cool story, man. You guys get to see Hal in a new light, uh, maybe a little more of a laid-back light, but it, maybe he'll also rage his teammates because everyone's been saying, can I play with Hal in this tournament just so I can get yelled at by him? I just want to be yelled at by Hal, which seems like self-inflicting pain or harm. So I'm a little worried about these people, but no, I'm just kidding. It's going to be, it's going to be a ton of fun to watch you in that element, man. And again, thank you so much for doing that. Eric, uh, any final talk, thoughts on the, on the pro-am or kind of the overall topic about a rising tide list all boats, how we as a community can rise up, um, you know, which is really what we're trying to do with the apex rising initiative here in the community. Yeah, of course. Um, I, th- I also think that people just have like fanfic with how yelling at them. I don't know if this is like some <laughs> dummy mommy type stuff or what it is, but uh, <laughs> I see that all the I see that all the time. People just want to get yelled at by how. That's <laughs> so, weird, man. It's uh, weird for me. For me personally, I mean, it was just it was just you know it's a charity event. You know, there's, there's literally no, no pressure, no prize pool, nothing like that. It's just like, it's a good reason. And I think gaming as a whole, you see some of the stuff Dr. Lupo does and you see some of the things that gaming can do, you know, any single person can play video games pretty much. So it's a, it's a very well, like I want to say welcoming community. Obviously people have their own clicks and stuff like that, but it's just another, another opportunity for us to be able to give back with our, you know, with our followings, with our communities and our streams. And, it allows for us to provide content for everyone else at the same time. You know, I, I've done some stuff in, in the past. I think it was with straight ripping back in the day where we had a group of like three, four people. We had four people come out to a house that we had in Florida and we hosted them. We had, I remember that. Um, you know, yeah, we, we, it was called the straight ripping camp and we used to, you know, we would feed them and, and get to know them. And for three days straight, we would literally sit with one person specifically and train them for like three days. And some of the people that came out there just wanted to be hang out with us and, and, you know, it, it was it's one of the more, more favorable memories i have of gaming because we made their days and these are people that i still can talk to um that still show up in my stream every now and then and you know a lot of people view us as these huge celebrities and you know these big time gamers but at the end of the day like we're just enjoying playing video games you know we're, we don't we don't view ourselves as, as better than anyone like that and if we can you know make people's days or do something better for the community with these charity events that you've you know been so generous to put together then you know uh, who are we to just you know have anything against that or, or to not even just say no to it but like there's there's no ill intentions this is all for a great cause so it's amazing man god i picked the best three human beings to do the show uh to really send a message to the community of how we can all step up to support one another and what we need to do to make sure the apex is not a five-year esport but a 15-year esport such an amazing discussion i can't thank the three of you enough for being such leaders in this community great people leading from the top leading from the front uh in the way that we you, you really need to be if you want to grow this thing uh look we invited every single top pro the, the biggest most influential pros and in what 96 percent, 95 percent uh, said yes in 92 maybe said yes in a heartbeat and, and i can't thank you guys enough that says so much about the apex community it's the one thing it's one of the reasons i fell in love with apex look i was casting fortnite at its kind of highest level um when, when the crackout tournament came and i fell in love with this game but i also fell in love with the pros like how i met you then realize how, how freaking humble you are how good of a dude you are and the whole community seeing monsoon and knock there and all these people there supporting one another um was way different than anything i was used to no, eric no offense to you halo pros nose in the air thought they were hot shit back in the day I, you know, I wouldn't throw you in that category necessarily but a lot uh, of them still do to be fair so <laughs> nothing's changed there and where's halo compared to apex right now so uh, i think a big part of it actually not even a big part i think the biggest part of apex's growth 
truly is the, the, the streamers and the pro players at the top. You know, I know, you know, maybe Respawn can take a lot of credit. It's a great game. The game obviously has been amazing. But the streamers, uh, like you three, you know, Nick coming in, bringing so much viewership and hype by playing competitively has helped this thing grow significantly. It's because you guys are all great people, the three of you here, everything that you've done. So damn grateful. Um, for those that have not heard, the Apex Rising Charity Program, we're trying to raise $1 million. That's insane. Um, I know it's a ridiculous uh, fundraising goal. I think Post Malone raised 250 k with this charity event. Uh, hopefully we can hit that. Um, but we're trying to raise $1 million. And there's a competition within the competition. So um, Hal's fundraising page, Snipedown's fundraising page, Nocturnal's fundraising page are all live. Um, and every pro is, you know, that, that's willing to add the, the donation link to their stream and basically try and fundraise throughout the week uh, to help us hit that goal would be amazing. Red is an amazing charity fighting AIDS, which fits into the LGBTQ plus um, narrative here in Apex Legends, how important that, that scene is, that community is. And Red is U2, uh, so U2 Bono's charity and Bonnie Shriver's charity, one of the largest charities in the world. They're like the Cadillac of charities. They're amazing. And uh, they've gone above and beyond. Um, we might, I'm, I'm not going to leak anything here. We might be in, uh, in Times Square this week they're, they're trying to get us up in times square like you maybe you guys's faces if you guys are okay with it of course our, our apex rising logo like that's how big of a deal red is and that's how big this event is it's gonna be a massive deal it's gonna be so much fun to watch we have one amateur random run-of-the-mill community member people that are good people that have done a lot for this community paired with pros paired with one celebrity like lachlan and 72 hours and max holloway uh that'll be competing uh so it's gonna be a really really good time make sure to tune in april 20th and 21st from 6 p.m to midnight eastern time double elimination full ALGS format bracket. We're going to give the amateur community scene a chance to experience Apex Legends and be coached by the best in the world, which is going to help the whole community hopefully rise up. We're going to have new casters, new talent, a ton of people coming in. It's going to be an awesome event. And thank you guys, uh, you know, thanks everyone again for, for supporting that. We really appreciate it. Trying to grab as much, as much love and as much uh, hype to that donation page as possible so you can raise as much money as possible. But look, let's wrap this show up. Uh, one final thought from each and every one of you guys about this show, uh, changing the topic. Final thoughts on the After Hours show. Did you guys enjoy it? Do you think this is something that's going to help Apex? Not we'll start with you uh, i mean thank you for hitting the hard truths of the scene and what we need to do better as a whole realistically and i think some people really need to just sit down and reevaluate what they're doing um and i mean just thank you for being real honestly always it's all we can do man hal yeah i think it was a great time um i love doing these things you know talking about apex that's nothing hard about that so i'm always down to just chill and talk about things especially you know sharing the truth yeah, always the truth. I love you guys. Gave a lot of hot takes, and you just shared your raw and filtered opinions, which total like it is, which I, which I really respect. And how like people obviously love you, look up to you, but it's not often that they get like like my job is to like synthesize and, and, and pull as much information out of your brain and Nocturnal's brain and Snipedown's brain. And you don't have to do that. You don't have a chance to do that, you know, on a formal basis. So something like this gives us a chance to do that, which I think is awesome content uh, for people. So again, really appreciate you sharing a lot of your insights to everybody and good debates, good discussion. Eric, let's wrap up with you, man. I know you you, you and I have been working our asses off on this show with Bella, with Chrono, with everyone else the last couple of weeks. Any final thoughts on this show and the future for it? Yeah, I'm, well, I'm happy that we got the audio issues fixed. I know this is our first week, so I hope you guys enjoyed this type of content. I'm, I'm very thankful for both Hal and Nocturnal for coming out to this. I know it was pretty last minute. Nocturnal just showed up literally today. I, I, we had a last minute change. He was like, yeah, I'm on. Uh, another like dropped was going to show up on the show. We had Madness who was ready. So a lot of people in the Apex community, you know, they, they want to be involved in this. And I, and I think after... Uh, Apex and ALGS days is, is perfect for it because a lot of times the comp scene is really missing on just behind the scenes content or professional point of views bes besides what the casters kind of touch on. Um, you know, even how like, huge respect for showing up to this. You know, I, I'm sure in the back of your head you're like, God, I don't really don't want to do this. Um, I, and I wouldn't have blamed you <laughs> one minute. So, uh, you know, honestly, huge bonus. I'm, I'm happy to be a part of this and, and glad that, you know, we killed it. So thank you to everyone behind the scenes and John for taking over. Oh, Amen. Hal, uh, be honest, you glad you did it? You had, you had a good time? 
Yeah, I'm glad. I, I was very close to just saying, like, fuck this, I'm not going to show up. We were scared shitless. We were scared shitless. I literally double-checked so in the group chat. I was like, are we even doing this? Like, is this motherfucker yeah. going to show? Cause... I was so close, but I, 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 I thought about, like, you know, my anger has nothing to do with you guys, and it's not going to be fair for me to just, you know, do that. Because, you know, me losing has nothing to do you guys have the reason why I lost, right? Uh, it's not your fault, so maybe game one. Be fair. I, I may have cast a oh, yeah. you like like four no, times. No, not game one, three. game two or three. The launch pad zone that was fucking brain dead. But I, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh man, that's awesome. I respect game two, that. Game two. Yeah, respect that more than you know how it says a lot about you. And again, it's you just keep keep proving that you're just at a core a good person. It's, I know it's the way you're raised. I know I have met your parents, both great people, and yeah, kudos to each and every one of you guys, all three of you for doing this. Thank you so much, everyone. Again, the plan is to grow uh, this as much as we can and, and do this in a way that uh, just helps the scene grow. Look, we want to use this to promote people, pros, build brands, storylines. We're not just going to bring the, bring the biggest people on. We want to bring you know people like you know Madness and others who are you know big and, and but deserve to be bigger and nocturnal who are big but deserve to be bigger. Um, but then also like our goal is to promote nice wigs podcast. We're not trying to compete. Look, all, again, a rising tide lifts all boats. Uh, we're not trying to compete at all. Wigs podcast is a much different kind of vibe and approach. We want this to be like a professionally produced after hour show. Well, Wigs podcast is just fucking pros and streamers and content creators talking about Apex and having raw, real, you know, candid discussions. This is a little more professionally produced. We want to make sure to cross promote. We're going to bring Wig on in the future. It's going to be amazing. So thank you so much, everyone, for watching. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did enjoy it, please let us know. Send us some feedback. We have an official Twitter, Apex After Hours, at Apex After Hours. If you did enjoy it, drop it a follow. Let us know if you did. Um, and give us any feedback, what we could do better, but also what, what we did well so we can continue to improve week over week. A massive shout out goes to our sole producer, Chrono Creative. Big shout out to Chrono. You all know him. You all love him. He was uh, behind the scenes, just learned how to use VMix like three days ago from Atrox. Really awesome person who taught him how to use it. Uh, Bella and uh, everyone else to help make this thing possible. We appreciate every single person behind the scenes. We appreciate every single one in the community for hanging out with us tonight. And of course, our three special guests. This is just the beginning. We plan to do this each and every week after ALGS. It's the Apex After Hours show. And this is just the beginning. Let's do more content. Let's take over as a community and step up as a community to do what we need to do to rise up and help Apex rise to be the, la- the large- lar- largest and longest lasting esport of all time, period, which is a lofty goal. Our goal is to be a tier one esport. Our, t- our goal is to be the most watched FPS esport of all time. We got Valorant ahead of us. We got CSGO ahead of us. Let's change that narrative and let's take our own control and take control of our own fate and destiny in making that happen. I'm Fallout, everybody. Thanks for watching. Hope you had a great night and enjoyed some Apex After Hours. This is the pilot kickoff episode. We're only going to grow from here. Thank you so much for watching, everyone, and cheers to the continued growth of Competitive Apex. Have a good night.